0: Welcome to The Less Stressed Life, all about making this your time to feel freaking awesome about your life, health, and happiness. This podcast of The Less Stressed Life is hosted by Krista Bigler. Krista is an integrative registered dietitian nutritionist who specializes in reducing food-related stress, inflammation, and symptoms of food sensitivities. She brings over a decade of nutrition expertise and playing with her food to the table. From coaching, teaching, writing, and work within a major food company to behind the scenes for a health celebrity. To learn more, visit lessstresslife.com. Okay, so today we have Dory Martin who is here with us and going to talk to us all about a really amazing, life-changing topic. Uh, which is really the law of attraction. And I think this is a pretty new concept to a lot of people about how you bring in the things, you know, you manifest in the world the things that you want, kind of. And so you put out into the world what you're looking for and it comes back to you. I actually had a client call me last week and she said something like she put out into the world that uh, she felt like she shouldn't be handling this situation on her own. She said, you know, if I can find help, Let me know where this help is. You know, she, she sent a prayer out and then her sister said, call Krista. So it's funny. I love when people, I so rarely hear people talk about it um, from a client perspective, but successful, um, high performers, um, people that I love to network with, um, that are personal development junkies, I know that they've got this down. So today we're going to hear it from someone who is just so awesome, Dory Martin. I spoke with her last week for the very first time and we talked for quite a while and that's when you know you've really got a gem. So Dory is a functional health coach and host of the podcast off the medical grid. In addition to geeking out on all things related to health and mindset, Dory also runs a small practice as an on-site massage therapist who enjoys meeting new people, engaging in the miracles that happen in the space of gratitude, presence, and personal healing. What a just, uh, sounds like a very serene thing. So thank you, Dory for joining us today.
1: Oh, absolutely. I'm so excited to be here and
0: have this conversation with you today, Kristen. I love a fellow podcaster for sure. So we'll have to get to all those um, topics. But first, let's find out a little bit about Dory on the back end. So you don't really come out of the womb as a functional health coach and a podcast host. So tell me about Dory a little bit and how you originally were a massage therapist, I think maybe even before that, mom, but can you give us a little bit of the backstory on how you landed where you are now?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's kind of amazing how things happen when you think that the the world is falling apart. Um, I was, um, see, I just had a baby, five months old, had a two year old son. And uh, I was going through divorce, I kind of was surprised about it. There's a whole story behind that. But that's neither here nor there. But I, I thought that it was the end of the world. And I wasn't working because I was raising my uh, then two year old had my second son, and then really wasn't a place where I needed to find a job. And so, you know, I quickly found something, but it was in the corporate world where I originally hail from. And it wasn't very friendly to work-life balance and so I tried being in operations um, that didn't work out so then I was a recruiter but you know that didn't work out either thought maybe proposal writing would be better because it gives you the opportunity to work from home and I thought that I could manage my time better but the deadlines were pretty ridiculous and so I found myself up late at night just trying to help you know uh, to meet a deadline and mean in the meantime my two boys were still up and they were you know being around bunkers. And then basically, you know, one had nursemaid's elbow and I found myself not getting to my deadline and driving my boys to emergency to get that elbow fixed. And so I realized I needed needed to find work-life balance, needed to find a way to have a peaceful life and basically be able to parent my kids and make them a priority. And so I did a lot of searching. I have a great love of healing and working with um, alternative therapies. I wanted to do traditional Chinese medicine. But when I looked it up, I didn't have the hours or time to be able to do that. So then I looked up, you know, finger. Pressure, acupuncture, um, acupressure, shiatsu. And then I found a school here. Uh, where I live in California. In Emeryville, California, there's a school called National Holistic Institute that teaches shiatsu, which is basically working with meridians and massage, but it taught Eastern and Western modalities. And I thought, you know, why not? This is a place of uh, healing. And that's something I needed myself in the moment. But also found that, you know, this was something that I was meant to do. It really resonated with me. And so that's how I found myself in to uh, going into a space from a corporate environment to being a healer.
0: That's interesting. And a lot of times when I see people kind of go off the medical grid, as you, your uh, term is, it's because they've had some bad experiences or just haven't been fulfilled, but you aren't presenting it that way. Or maybe there is a piece of that to your story. Um, Was there some or were you kind of raised in that? culture where um, Chinese medicine and, and whatnot was already an integral part of your life?
1: Yes, yeah, so there are a couple of things. So that uh, being author medical grid kind of came along a little down the line. And uh, that's what started my podcast. But uh, before then, yes, I am Chinese, I'm second generation Chinese. And so growing up, I would hear language, uh, sort of like that's a hot food or a cold food, or, you know, this is healing, because, uh, you know, it has certain properties, food. And so, it was different elements of traditional Chinese medicine. I didn't understand that at the time because it was me in my life and didn't have the ability to differentiate what, you know, American culture and people who were, you know, born in America and have parents who are generations here. Uh, they weren't being exposed to that kind of language of, you know, hot and cold, you know, the elements. And, uh, you know, she, my mom would say things like, you know, fish is really good for your heart and brain. And, uh, you know, eating greens, it will make your skin beautiful. And at some point, I started curing all of these things and rolling my eyes thinking they're old wise tales, you know, bone broth, we had bone broth all the time. And, you know, people I, I was afraid of inviting people over because we had organ meats and bone broth and all kinds of foods that seaweed that, you know, people really weren't Used to, And so it was almost kind of, you know, I just felt kind of outside of the box because I grew up with this kind of culture. Come to realize as I got older, you know, there's a lot of richness and a lot of beauty and healing to be found in all of the things that my mom was saying and all the science is is catching up to a lot of things that they were, you know, putting on the table. In my family over time. And so I have a new appreciation. And I'm very humbled that I grew up in this environment. I'm very grateful. But getting off the medical grid, um, when I was divorced, uh, fast forward after becoming a massage therapist, I met um, a wonderful man who had a lot of health issues. And so uh, as a healer, I thought, you know, I, I'm really good doing research. And he was in the medical model of care and was repeatedly getting tests done and told that nothing was wrong, but a lot was, you know, he wasn't. Well, he was experiencing inflammation, flu-like symptoms. And though I realized, you know, doctors are miracle workers in a lot of ways. But there were some things that I think needed to be addressed uh, by the person. I think people need to take uh, control of their own state of health in a lot of ways. Health doesn't just apparently happen uh, by mistake in this day and age with all the toxins and all the, you know, um, environmental and food and all of the other, you know, uh, environmental toxins that were being exposed to, I think you have to be proactive about it. And in my husband's case, he was diagnosed with, you know, after seeing the doctors and being uh, having his blood work work drawn uh, every three months because he had existing medical issues he was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer and so even as he was in the medical system doing everything that they said it still didn't work out for us and ultimately he he actually did get chemo and radiation and did get some surgery and was told that there was nothing that could be done and that he should get his affairs in order and he had only three to five years to live and so we were off the medical grid because we exhausted the options there. And so then I went uh, beyond it on my own and already was certified as a functional health coach, but found a lot of alternative ways to really help him maintain a state of health, excuse me, maintain a state of health. And uh, three years into that terminal diagnosis, he, he's thriving, he's working, and he's walking 10 miles a day. And it's been a lifestyle shift in so many ways. A lot of things that we do, we we looked at the really expensive clinics and, um, well, I did. And I looked at a lot of really expensive therapies, but he did not believe in the alternative model of healing. And so he was just interested in getting his affairs in order because he believed in the medical model of care. They'd helped him so much in the past. And so for me, I found myself off the mental grid because of, yes, my, my background and how I was brought up and seeing food as medicine, but also when, in an extreme case, really we exhausted the medical model of care and had to find something else or
0: wait to be inevitable.: So he had a little bit of a change of heart, you're saying.:
1: I <laughs> guess he did. And it wasn't really, uh, you know a, a quick Uh, fix. He would try a few things because he felt like he was humoring me that he was, you know, doing something to make me feel like I had some say in the process. Uh, But really, he didn't believe in it. But then he saw some change. And these are just simple things, you know, changing from the kinds of foods he was eating, changing out the cleaning products, changing out the personal care products, you know, being careful about the EMFs. you know, it's just and, and, and basically chipping away over time, I think, with a normal situation, um you know you want to just tell a person to okay, get rid of all the bad foods in your house and really just do a clean sweep I, It helps for some people, but in, in his situation, he was always he was already overwhelmed and feeling like this was the end. he was depressed, and so we really had to ease into it and and he really didn't believe in it, so yes, he did have a change of heart, and it was because he started feeling better he started seeing a difference. And the amazing, I think the, the biggest shift was in his mindset. He started seeing a possibility that maybe there was something more. The answers were off the medical grid and actually based on lifestyle.
0: Thank you for sharing that. I know that's a raw story, and I hear lots of pieces I resonate with. Um, I didn't know that all of that was part of Chinese culture. Um, is that correct? Uh, and, and it's funny, those those pieces – those resonated with me because those are big topics. I've worked in some arenas where we look at broth a lot and we look sometimes at organ meats and and those things. So it's kind of fun to smile and nod Um, when our elders were wiser than us, perhaps, or we already had the answers the whole time. And science, like you said, is kind of catching up now. So that was interesting. And then the other piece is I see and I hear and I feel that story a lot. Unfortunately, it's almost like we get to desperation before we make we kind of go backwards and look at okay what can we do about lifestyle and I mean, i have seen that a lot with my own husband with his you know situation and different family members is that desperation kind of breathes this you know necessitates change or whatever a little yeah. bit just because you feel like you run out of options and sometimes that can be good and sometimes it's bad because you get a little bit hmm Desperate, right? And so you make sometimes irrational decisions. But it was it was wonderful that he had you. I think without you to help, kind of navigate some of that for him, it would have been very challenging for him. So um, I'm sure he's very grateful for having you in his life. I'm sure that you're well.
1: It's interesting uh, dialing back again to uh, yeah. I've um, I've always been the caretaker. And uh, he is, too, actually. He's raised three adult children at this point, and he did it by himself uh, for 17 years. But I- I'm a caretaker as well. And so it was interesting because uh, I'm a very specific person with a specific background who had a huge ax grind with this thing called cancer. Uh, when I was three years old, I lost my dad to cancer. And um, didn't know what it was. I just knew it was something that was real, well, really wicked, and could take a person and cause a lot of, you know, unhappiness <laughs> in a, a household. And uh, then I lost my favorite uncle when I was a young adult. I lost my stepbrother to cancer. And here I, I received a diagnosis uh, of stage four colon cancer when my husband was actually at the time my fiance and it was so hard to find somebody who had his qualities. We have a lot in common, he loves my boys, you know, so I was not willing to let him go. And so, yeah, I was I was basically all my life just set up to be in a space where uh, I, I had the wherewithal or mindset or tools to really be willing to help. And I think a lot of it is mindset because cancer is such a scary thing when people get that diagnosis. I think that's where a lot of the harm happens. Um, I've heard it said in that moment, it really determines, you know, your outcome. What you decide to do with a diagnosis like that, it's almost like a medical hexing. From when you're told with somebody in a lab coat with a lot of authority and education and, you know, experience that you're going to die, what do you do with that information? And uh, to his credit, I think um, he did go spiral down, and he did prepare for the worst. But at some point, he was willing to at least keep a little bit of that door open to really, you know, be open to possibilities. Part of it is because uh, I wasn't willing to just let him go. And uh, so when his mindset shifted, though, I think that's when the magic happened you know you can put supplements in front of them you could give them the right foods and all of these other great things that people do when they try to build a a perfect state of health but if your mindset isn't dialed in then that won't happen and i found that the amazing shift is that he is a a very determined person when he sets his mind to something and um, he's yeah i think that he's here today because he was willing to take that step
0: Mm mm-hmm yeah, there's a lot to be said about mindset. I have a lot of feelings about that. But I'm, I'm sure he is very grateful for you. And I'm sure that your current clients are very grateful for you as I listen to you talk about how, um, how you handle your work now as a massage therapist. And so you have a different approach to how anyone has ever told me that they approach their career with that. And you you said to me that you go into se- sessions, you know, being very intentional and focused and present. Um, and tell me a little bit more about how that happened. And tell me a little bit about, you know, how what you do as a massage therapist is maybe different or, or how you, because in the past I've heard massage therapists say, oh, I can only do have so many clients a day because it really takes a lot out of me and exhaust me. And you didn't have that sentiment. You had a completely different sentiment because of your mindset, I think. And so can you share that with us? Yeah, you do that.
1: Yes, absolutely. You know, um, I I am a caregiver or caretaker. And it's been role. I think, you know, I think family dynamics, sometimes you just fall into a space where you have a role in your family, and you go out into the world, and you basically share and project that as your strength. And so that's, I think, my, my comfort zone. And uh, when I started in as a massage therapist, I remember there was a lot of insecurity and fear going into something new, because I, you know, I really wanted to help people. And I, I definitely did not want to cause harm. And I heard somebody say something that was so helpful. And it's something that I always think about when I go into a session which is you know in the moment you are enough and so when I see a client um, it's interesting that I chose to be an on-site massage therapist because it means that a lot of times the first time that I have a session with the person and and they're on the table and they're they're very vulnerable it's dark you know um, and that's that's the first time I meet them and so when I go to see a client, I focus on just being open. And I always feel like there's a reason why I'm there beyond just, you know, helping with the the body, the soft tissue. And, you know, uh, it's something a little bit more than that. Because every time I've shown up to an a, appointment, I always make it about that person. And I listen very carefully to why I'm there. And uh, sometimes it's because you know they're oftentimes you know they're having some kind of an injury, uh, but there's some kind of an emotional situation going on as well. And uh, when I'm there with my intention of just being present and helping them heal, I, I think that um, you know uh, in in massage school they tell us not to talk unless the other person talks. So basically, they're in a safe space and they're in a place where they're in control of the situation and i have that intention and so as i go through a session a lot of times i found that you know you think that when you go into a massage session that it's quiet and calm and you you know you have the music playing but i find that a lot of people who have really good sessions actually talk and um you know, I realize that that's sort of therapeutic for them. Maybe they're uncomfortable because I'm, you know, I'm not familiar to them. But as they start talking, they unwind. And sometimes during the the talk, uh, during a session, they unload some of the things that are going into their mind and really causing a lot of stress or unhappiness. Unha- and so... When I go into a session and I work with people, it's uplifting to me because I always find at the end of it, there was some reason that I was supposed to be there. And it was, sometimes it's something for me or the other person or both of us. For example, recently there was a client who is, uh, she's a 97 year old woman and she fell down and hurt her hip. And so for her birthday, her her children bought a gift certificate and I was going there for five sessions. And so during the first session, I could tell that she was very depressed and she said, you know, I'm so old. I am so tired. My body hurts. I just want to die. I just want to die. And, and she kept on saying that during the session and I didn't know what to do. Um, so I was there and I was present and you know, I, I left feeling like, you know, why was I sent there? Um, you know, my, my work uh, was as a health coach is building health and vitality. And, you know, I know that in her situation, um, you know, that wasn't what I was there for because uh, she's at this place where she was actually in a decent state of health but just didn't want to be there anymore. And then I went to another session, and, um, you know, as I got to know her, I realized, you know, the reason why I was there was to show her that in that moment – in that hour that I was there, as I started working on her, I could see her relax. I could see her start. Um, she was uh, seated. Usually I work on a table, but because of her, her, um, her pain points, she wanted to stay seated. But I could see her just let her head fall back a little bit. So I bolstered it. And she just started to smile. And then she just kept saying, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. During the massage. And I felt like, well, that's why I'm here because I have, you know, the ability uh, and I'm so great, grateful for that to give her an hour where she doesn't feel like her body has betrayed her and that she's old. She can be in the moment and she could feel pleasure. And um, you know, during my last session, she smiled. She didn't say anything about not wanting to be around anymore. Um, I found out the circumstances around her situation. She's the last sibling surviving and she just lost, you know, a brother and a sister in quick succession. Uh, Mm -hmm. She has hearing problems, so she can't really enjoy um, social connection. And so this was something that I was able to give to her. And it was such a gift to me. I was so moved. I think I might've been more sad about our last session than she was because it really reminded me that, you know there is something in each moment, no matter the circumstances, where you can you can be present and just you know enjoy what you do have versus think about what you don't have
0: mm-hmm. Interesting. I was I was wondering about this transformation for this woman, because I feel like I've known people like that. And so that's a hard position to be in. I feel like you could almost take on someone's pains. I've done an interview with someone else where we talked about how sometimes we absorb other people's emotions. But you're not necessarily doing that you're addressing their pain, you're listening attentively to try to figure out what is the issue and then Being thankful. I mean, are you having a lot of discussion? It sounds like with this woman, you didn't have a lot of discussion. Um, It was almost like something you can't necessarily put your finger on, but it was kind of the energy you were presenting. Am I on track?
1: Yes, absolutely. Yes. In this uh, situation, there was not very much communication, uh, just a little bit. And in fact, you know, I had to shout, which is kind of uh, not what you do when you're giving a massage. So (laughs) a lot of it was just kind of being outside the box, even just the the positioning uh, and working with the so you do have to customize each session with you know each circumstance. But yes, this was more just you know uh, being present and really understanding maybe what the person needed in the moment and how to get them into a space. She did say what she was feeling and voice her biggest and deepest source of unhappiness. And so I was able to respond to that. So that was really amazing. Uh, but for, Other clients, sometimes they talk about, you know, what's going on in their lives and how, you know, something is causing them unhappiness or, you know, even, you know, of course, with their physiology. But I find that as we're talking, it was another person who was in a situation where he couldn't speak his truth because of his immediate environment. He had a lot he wanted to say and share and he wasn't really able to be living authentically and I think that in our sessions because I was interested in the same topic um, he was able to share and really be in a place where he could be himself and so I felt grateful because that connection was there and you know it was a massage therapy session and became a regular client but really it was about just sharing and connecting and at the same time, you know, basically having your muscles and you know tension, your knots and adhesions addressed, so that was a great thing. But it became more than just a massage session, and a lot of my uh, uh, clients and my long term. You know, appointments are about that. A lot of it is just meeting with them, and I love, I love seeing them. It's uh, something that really nourishes my heart and spirit too, and so it's an exchange. It's not work, it's not tedious, and I just feel so grateful that I'm able to do this work because I get so much out of it. Uh, One of the things that happened for me was uh, I was going through my dad's end of life in 2012, and so I was driving back and forth and had you know my two small kids in tow. And it was a pretty devastating experience, but I had my work as a massage therapist, and at the time I was at a wellness center, and so I was booked up. And when I went into a session, um, you know, I was able to sit and kind of we do something called grounding out, where you basically relax, be in the moment, and clear off all of your existing anxieties. Just be in the space of not making it about yourself, putting aside your Um, Your baggage, I guess and then when the person comes in then you're just focused on that person and and you're right There's an energy that comes in with a person once you start working in close proximity and you have that intention you start picking those things up and so you know, it's always been the case that even if I went in and Was having the worst morning ever or had a life circumstance that was really, you know, weighing me down being in the presence of my clients and being able to be of service and be in gratitude and be present and make a difference in their lives, always help me walk out at the end of my day feeling uplifted and and grateful.
0: Interesting. So I have a question before I continue sure. on this path. It sounds like, and I maybe you just miss this. So you do massage therapy, but then sometimes people people become clients where you have discussions with them because. As a functional health coach, you're helping them through the other emotions, um, the other stresses in their life. Is that correct?
1: Yes, that's correct. Um, so I was a massage therapist long before I was a health coach. So uh, a lot of that was, it, yes, it's true. It sort of ties into what I do now as a functional health coach. And as you know, a lot of it is about talking about mindset and intentions and you know, focusing on your why. And so it really was a nice transition into helping people in that way with their, their state of health through functional coaching. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Since I've been kind of through that journey on my own before everything, I don't know, before rainbows and sunshine, uh, you know, you have to have that. I think this is just a huge gap. Everyone kind of needs. It's it's kind of like life coaching, but maybe more health centered, right. Um, with, all those emotions and kind of sorting out those stresses and things. Um, I think that's amazing. I was going to ask you, you know, you had mentioned at one point about how all the things that you learn from your clients or, or that they teach you things. So, um, you know, what ex- do you think that the exchange is always equal? Do you sometimes learn from them and they learn from you? Or do you always find that the, the road always goes both ways?
1: Um, often it goes both ways because there's always something that I can learn from their situation. And so, and and they, they give me pause to think about these circumstances that they find themselves in. And there's always a a way that I can think of how I have similar circumstances or have experienced circumstances that were relatable to what was going on. So it always seemed mutual. Uh, there is actually, there are a couple of clients that were brought into my space. It, It seems like you You do attract certain people that have similar, I think, um, paths. Uh, and, And as an example, I met with a client and she actually said, wow, I know why we were brought together. She had a massage with me and I noticed that she kept asking questions. And uh, usually you know I'll answer the question as I said I make it about the person that I'm working with not about me and I don't really elaborate and so it was interesting that she kept asking and asking and I realized here is a fellow caregiver and um, in giving her or receiving her massage um, she was just interested in finding out information and realized that I'm going through in my life she's a 80, 85 year old but in, in my lifetime I'm going through a lot of challenges that she had gone through and so over time she's become a regular client but she's also a mentor of mine and so it's kind of interesting this is a very unusual dynamic but as I go in there you know she's given me a lot of advice she's like you know uh, another mom to me, uh, and at the same time, I'm helping her because she has a lot of really serious chronic issues, that, a lot of surgeries and you know pains. so she really needs and looks forward to, uh, she looks forward to the therapy uh, on a regular basis. And so in that case, I, I have definitely gotten a lot out of that um, relationship and for her, I help her with her, her pain and her ability to continue to be mobile.
0: I love that. That's really interesting. Um, and kind of a kind of feels like a rare place that you're in, but a necessary place. Um, sounds like you're exactly what your clients need. And I love this law of attraction. And I think this is something I need to manifest more often. My favorite clients are those that are yeah. most like me. I mean, it's that it gives you the most joy if you can help people that are similar to you. Um, and so you kind of talked about some of the different gifts. Well, I mean, you might have some other thoughts about law of attraction, but I also want to hear about the gifts. I love you know, most people don't think of their work always as a gift. And so you talked about some of the gifts that you have as being a therapist. Um, you know, love and gratitude connection, meditation in motion, which I I don't know exactly what that means. And I would love if you could speak to some of these gifts um that your work rewards you with. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, um, I am, as I said, I'm a healer and a caregiver. And so it's just sort of my default in a situation. So it, it's really a, a great thing to be able to do that. That's sort of my default setting. So I'm in, I think, my zone when I'm in a place where I'm being asked to help and improve a situation. And so um, you know, that's, that's what I mean about living my life's purpose as a healer. Also, um, when I went through, as I said, my end of life, situation with my dad um, you know it was a really hard circumstance and I think that if I had any other profession that was outside of what I was meant to do it would have been an additional stressor and I actually don't think I would have been able to make it through that really stressful experience and um Definitely. I'm one of those people who I endeavor to live a really good, healthy lifestyle. And I know that one of the things that really needs to happen is uh, some form of meditation being present and, you know, just being in your body or in in your own mind. I mean, you have to uh, quiet that monkey, monkey chatter. I guess. Mm -hmm. And for me, just sitting still has really never been easy for me. And I still practice, but only in five, 10 minute increments. But when I'm in a massage session, during the sessions where it's just quiet and it's the music, I get to really focus on um, being present and in the moment And there's the music, and then there's the energy of the person. And as I'm doing the massage, I'm super present and super aware, which is really funny because when people talk to me, I'm very much – I, I, my mind moves very quickly. I speak quickly, and I'm thinking about five things at one time. And so, when you experience massage from me, it's a different, it's a different experience because it's very, very focused and it's very, very present. And and for me, massage has been a way to be meditative and in the moment, and it's really helped me immensely. Um, instead of you know just sitting in meditation only, and so that, that's another gift that it's given to me. And then just being connected. A lot of the work that I do uh, as a functional health coach, we can do this online now. And, you know, as with podcasting, as you know, we can do this um, via Skype. But... Uh, when you're a massage therapist you have to show up. And so it gives me that constant sense of connection as I'm having these kinds of amazing exchanges with people. And when you have your hands people don't touch people so much anymore. People aren't so present for each other anymore. They're always thinking of the next thing they want to say or you know what's going on in their lives or they have that undercurrent of whatever it is going on in their heads while they're talking to people. And so this and then that's me included but this gives me a place where I really am forced to be focused and force sounds like it's you know something that's difficult to do so basically I guess I, I get the opportunity to be focused and present and have good intentions and be grateful and so just having that in one space and having that connection with a person with the intention of healing and you know if I do this you know, work correctly, it's just a very transformative experience. And so that's been really, really rewarding for me. And uh, it's something that I'm grateful for because, as you know, I mentioned, something really stressful and seemed like the end of the world catapulted me into this space. I would not have done it otherwise because it was a big you know, drastic shift from being in the corporate world. You know, I went to school, I went to college, I did all these things to become, you know, somebody successful in climbing the ladder in the business world. Uh, And really this was the thing that spoke to my heart and the fear of, you know, not being able to be there for my kids and having work-life balance forced me to do something different. And so it gave me essentially the permission to do something drastic and outside of the box. And that's how I found massage therapy. So and I do feel like when I focus on other people, it's a way of me focusing on myself as well. Because I think when I'm working with people, I feel that connectedness. And so as I'm helping with some injury or, you know, some not or adhesion or something, some pain point, I feel like I'm doing that for myself, if that makes any sense. So immediately I get that reciprocity, that feeling of nurturance, presence and good intentions.
0: Yeah, it's so interesting to think about your work being restorative, um, for yourself. Mm -hmm. And it makes a lot of sense that when you speak about it, um, Mm -hmm. and it's just, uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of pieces that, um, we, we almost need to be in the room with you, I guess. Right. Um, for it as well, but I love kind of the way you do have a lot of, um, there's a lot to mindset for you. That's clear. Um, and it makes you more joyful about all of your work and allows you to have that work life balance and, and whatnot, um, so if you were to give, if, if you were to give someone kind of your gut feeling about creating a life that manifests the laws of attraction that brings in, you know, what you're putting out in the world, um, that gives you kind of a life with more purpose that has more work-life balance, you know, what are some key takeaways or that gut feeling that you would hand to somebody who says, I really need. Um, I really have the same pain points you had before you before you made that pivot.
1: Yeah, I, I would say that you should really follow your instincts. So, um I came from a world of I was a legal studies major, and so I came from a world of people who were in the professional space. I'd worked for an accounting firm, a bank, and a, <laughs> a law firm. So when I when I mentioned to people that. I was going to go to school and become a massage therapist. They balked at me, and they thought that was, you know, with my dad. He said that's not a great form of, you know, profession. That seems like a lower form. And so I, I want to say that be true to yourself and really listen to what you want to do because at the, the end of the day, you know, only you know. And so I think that you also should stay open and know that you are enough. Um, you know, know that you're worthy and that being intentional with whatever you do even if you're stuck in a place where you're not so happy I think being in a place where you set your mindset and intention to be grateful and see why you're there because I believe there's always a reason why you are where you are um that you can really make a difference and I think that you can be a massage therapist and feel like it's a lot of stress it is wear and tear on your body and it could be exhausting But just living in in the mindset of where you can be of service, where your area of genius lies, and being intentional and um, being in gratitude, I think, makes all the difference in the experience. And when you put the gratitude
0: out, then you get that back, right? Yes, absolutely. That's the baseline. Okay. Wonderful, Dory. Thank you so much for sharing a little bit about how you help others how your work is not work, it's really restorative, and how we can all go to that mindset and attract um, that type of work and that type of balance that 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 you've aspired to, well, not that you've aspired to, but that you've accomplished in your life. So thank you so much for sharing that with us today.
1: Thank you. Absolutely. I've, I've enjoyed the experience.
0: Have a great day.